Parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. What's the best way to fish like a local? What if you could book a trip with an experienced local guide with the click of a button? Now you can with Fishing Booker. Now anyone can access enjoyable fishing experiences anywhere. Take the legwork out of setting up that trip and explore more than 30,000 fishing experiences at your fingertips. Just go to fishingbooker.com to get started and book your trip with a local guide. That's fishingbooker.com. Fishing Booker. Fish like a local. Clean and protect your firearms with Riptide Armory. Riptide, a veteran-founded business, is dedicated to producing American-made cleaning chemicals and also dedicated to creating American jobs. And that commitment is embodied in every product that's bottled, labeled, and shipped from their Arvada, Colorado facility. Safe for all firearm types and surfaces. Embrace the power of American ingenuity and protect your firearms with the best. Visit RiptideArmory.com. Oh, hey, everybody. It's me, Ben O'Brien. It's episode 83. Coming to you from Bozeman, Montana. We're sitting here in uh, like 10 inches of snow, a foot of snow, Phil. What are we doing? Yep. Um, the snow came in last night. It has been very windy and cold. Yeah. Uh, you could feel, I think there was like a 40, 40 degree drop. And that was just between the highs of the day. If yeah. you go from the high to the low, it was like near 60. It's like a 60 degree drop. We should be out hunting. Man. It was nuts. We should be out hunting. Um, anyway, but we're not. We're podcasting. And so today it's a good show. We're going to start by uh, recapping the reaction to episode 82 with Barry K. Gilbert the contentious interview or uh, talk through some of your questions and some of the things you guys wanted to know and, and, and pretty much end the catharsis on episode 82 here today and move on with our lives. And then we're going to do our first ever not so sharp moment. It's a pretty good one. Uh, it's about a truck getting stuck and then another truck getting stuck and yet another truck getting stuck for that first truck. So you're going to like that. And then, we're going to have our first ever, what I'm calling, whiskey and ethics portion of the show. And that's where we drink the brand new Meat Eater bourbon whiskey. And we talk about something ethically, uh, some ethical connotation, some kind of ethical situation. And this one's going to be gripping grins. You guys all know I feel strongly about those. So we're going to drink a little whiskey. We're going to get real deep on gripping grins. So look forward to that. But before we get to any of that stuff, we're going to talk about something... It's very near and dear to my heart. It's called the Back 40. We bought a property in Michigan, if you haven't already heard, and we're doing a show about it. So if you go to the Meteor YouTube channel, you're going to find the episodes. We've already launched episodes one and two. Episode three is coming next Monday, and then every two weeks after that, until the end of the year, you'll have another episode in uh, your YouTube feed. So go there, watch it. The Meteor YouTube channel. You can also go to themeteor.com slash back40 and check it out. There's a lot of stuff there. You're chronicling our boy Mark Kenyon's journey on this 64-acre Michigan property. I'm, I've been there a couple of times. Going to go there again. 
I'm working hard on the show with Mark to make it the best it can be, and we would very much appreciate it if you watched it. So go and check it out on the YouTubes or on TheMediator.com. The only other thing to talk about today is the First Light Catalyst Softshell System. We're going to be wearing this in the tree stand. Mark and I have a rut hunt on the back 40 coming up. We're going to be wearing this in the tree stand. Um, it really is one of the best softshell pants you're going to wear, one of the best softshell systems. They're silent, breathable, insulating. They'll stretch and move with you. It's perfect for sitting in a tree stand. Again, the, the, the biggest thing there is silent. It's got an interior 37.5 fleece lining that works to optimize your body temperature. Um, while that brushed, durable exterior is ultra-silent, and it fends off moisture while you're sitting up in the tree. So go to firstlight.com, check out the Catalyst Softshell system, and let me know what you think. All right, that's it. That's all the things. Now, on to the show, episode 83. Let's go. I guess I grew up on an older road. A pedal to the metal, always did what I told. Until I found out that my brand new clothes came secondhand from the rich kids next door. And I grew up fast, I guess I grew up mean. There's a thousand things inside my head I wish I ain't seen. And now I just wander through a real bad dream of feeling like I'm coming apart at the seams. But thank you, Jack Daniels. Oh, no. Hey, everybody. Welcome. We're here. Another episode of The Hunting Collective. This one's 83. I'm here with Phil. Hey, Phil. How's it going? Guys, I got a big announcement. Whoa. Yeah, I didn't tell you about this, Phil. Okay. This is a big, it's a big announcement. Uh, Phil is growing a mustache. <laughs> That's true. It's right now, I would say, how many days have you been growing this mustache, Phil? Uh, you got a couple, I think it's been about two weeks. Yeah, two. that's two weeks. Two huh? weeks. Two weeks. Um, it's uh, it's not great. It doesn't look great. Yeah, I'm doing it for a, a, a Halloween. It looks like you might have fallen fallen in some dirt. Yes, it's a it's a much blonder than my the hair on my head. Yeah. <laughs> Are you willing to give up your Halloween costume that you're growing this mustache for? Uh, yeah, I'll give away uh, part of it. Uh, myself and Seth. Morris, yep. the flip flop flesher, as Signs he is known, West, yes. Signs West on Instagram. Uh, we are doing a Doc Holiday and Wyatt Earp, and he already has a mustache. He does. Well, so I'm doing him. all the work for this. Yeah. Um, but are then, you nervous that you won't be able to uh, like match up to his mustache? Oh yeah, <laughs> definitely. You should be because <laughs> he was he was out hunting. He was out uh, shooting some meat eater. Uh, television programming this mm-hmm. past week, and he got back, and he didn't even notice it on my face <laughs> <laughs> yesterday. It does look this just like a been, shadow. This thing's been coming in for two weeks now, and uh, one of our producers was like, "Hey, Seth, did you see Phil's mustache?" And he's like, "What?" <laughs> and he had to come cl- walk closer to me and be like, "Oh, yeah, there it is." Um, but yeah, there's also going to be a little twist with the Halloween costume that we're saving. All right, it's a surprise. Do you know any good mustache nicknames? Like the kind of mustache. You mean a nickname for the actual mustache? Yeah, not like Larry the Mustache, I, <laughs> like what people call mustaches. Uh, no, I don't. Do you? Well, I mean, I have. I've, I've heard of some. Yes, <laughs> there's some good ones. Here. Yeah, uh-huh. uh huh. There's some really good ones. I probably can't say. Yes, uh, the one I like the most is Mister Tickles. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Whiskers, of course. Bristle batons. Crumb catcher. Lip shadow. Grass grin. Cookie duster. Nose neighbor. Soup strainer. I like nose neighbor. Flavor saver. 
Makes it makes it seem like a friend. I'm going to go with Mr. Tickles to your mustache. Okay. If anybody wants to write into THC at the mediator.com to help us name Phil's mustache, mm-hmm. as we've accurately described, it's kind of like it's not fully developed. So well, I'm trying to sh- I'm trying to display it to the uh, the least amount of people possible before Halloween. So oh, that. so none you're not going to see it. I'm going to ruin that. Damn it! Because I'll get a picture of it. God. <laughs> so anyway, write in to THC at the mediator.com, Name Phil's mustache, and if you do something really good, I'll give you something really cool. I'm not going to tell you what it is, but it'll be something cool. So don't worry. After I shave it, you'll send the hairs in <laughs> yes. an, loose, in loosely in an envelope. <laughs> it will be a tiny envelope because uh-huh. there won't be much in there. Nope. Uh, all right. We've got to move on, but as much as I'd like to just think of names for your mustache, we got to we got business. we got stuff to get to. we got business to take care of. Now, we're coming off the heels. This has to be a lighthearted, has to be, and, and there has to be whiskey involved because we're going to do our first together whiskey and ethics here at the Hunting Collective. Well, we need to drink whiskey because we had a very tough couple of days here. We were, I don't want to say we were basking in the glow of episode 82. We were more standing in its shadow, I feel. Um, but a lot of you, I will say more of you than I thought, uh, enjoyed the conversation and thought it was well handled. Uh, so thank you for that. Uh, I think that was probably the overwhelming sentiment. Um, but there were a few things that people did not agree with, which I guess is my way to address um but where are you where, where's your head at phil with what with the barry k gilbert episode of the hunting collective oh uh, well i've been fortunate enough to be able to take a few steps back from it after i mixed it and hmm. sent it out to you i wiped my hands clean but you've you're the one who's been getting all the uh, emails and the the dms so uh, a lot of them. So yeah, I, I have not uh, seen any of those, any of the reaction besides the Instagram comments and stuff like that. But yeah, there, there's a lot. I mean, there's a lot of things that went on there. I think one of the major ones is that uh, when we, when Barry and I were talking, Barry generalized hunters as all being say anti-predator, not wanting to share the ungulates that they eat with predators like grizzly bears and wolves and things like that. Now we all know that's wrong. Like it's hard to generalize any group. Hunters are not a monolith. You cannot say all hunters think this. Hunters do this. I mean, there certainly are cases and evidence of hunters uh, shooting predators for fun or shooting predators in a contest or uh, wanting to shoot predators to save the deer. There are examples of that too. There's also examples of campers who litter and DJs who play music too loud. That doesn't mean all DJs play their music too loud and all campers litter. And so uh, something that a couple of people had criticized me for was coming back with, Hey, all the hunters that I know don't feel that way about predators. And I'll just say, it's true. I don't know any hunters that are anti predator because they want more deer around. Most of the hunters I hang around with, if, if not all of them believe in balancing an ecosystem, believe in carrying capacity and believe in healthy populations of all wildlife. So that's where I'm at. Um, and so in, in the conversation, I did say, I said that. I said, listen, I don't know any hunters who are anti-predator. Now, a lot of people are saying, well, there's clearly hunters out there that want to kill predators and and would like to see some predators wiped out of certain ecosystems. Uh, Yeah, sure. I'm sure that the truth is somewhere in the middle ground, but the type of hunters that I'm around and that I talk to and that I want to highlight are not those types. It's the type of hunters who are looking for balance. So my... My point in that that podcast was very much to just to combat kind of 
what I thought was a pretty gross generalization from from Barry Gilbert. So that's where that came from. But I think um, there just was a lot. And so in some, we had a couple people in line. So like, just go to the Arizona hunting Facebook page and, and post a picture of a coyote. You don't even need to say anything. Just sit back and watch the hate flow in. You know, so things like that. Those were examples of people saying that that um, I was wrong to kind of push back with that with that with my my own generalization. So that's fine. That's a, that's probably a pretty decent critique. But in uh, I would say Phil, in the uh, situation we are in, getting a little defensive is probably just natural. Yeah, and he was. It was kind of funny because he he definitely was generalizing all hunters, even though he denied it. Um, when you were like, well, I don't think all hunters, he was like, well, I didn't say all hunters. And then he was, I, I think I remember him asking you like, or kind of confront, confronting you like, well, you would say most hunters, right? And you were like, no, no, I wouldn't. <laughs> no, <laughs> I would not say most hunters. Uh, no, I would not. <laughs> and I think everyone could agree with that. Yeah. I'm most not, hunters yeah. do not want. Yes. Most uh, hunters yeah. do not want to kill all coyotes. Most do not. Some, there's some, sure some out there that see a picture of a coyote and just want it to be dead and, and don't think twice about it. Um, but that's not most hunters. Like I, I assume that most bear advocates don't blindly dismiss any any other opinions. Um, I would hope that they do not. So somewhere in the middle is the truth, almost always, and I'm sure in this case, that's what this was. Um, but like I say, most most everybody was was very positive, and I appreciate that. Um, a lot of people asked, would I have Barry Gilbert on again? What do you think, Phil? <laughs> I was like, that's a hard one to answer. Uh, I would say no. Yeah, I would go with no. People had asked me, I was like, man, I just can't say that he was I was pretty unflinching. I don't think, I don't yeah. think another conversation would lead to anything productive. At yeah. All. And I, I don't, I, what I would say about, about Barry is that obviously he's credentialed. I mean, he's a tenured professor at Utah State University. Uh, he's written books. He's given talks. I mean, he, he's a credentialed, um, what I would call, I guess, an intellectual. But, uh, as Phil said, he seemed pretty hardened to his points of view. So, I mean, it's not that I'm going to move him in one direction or the other. I think he's pretty pretty dead set on what he believes. Um, and the other point that a few folks brought up was that maybe he didn't understand what a, a podcast was. He thought he was just going to come in here and I was going to ask him some pad questions about his book and he was going to tell a story and give, tell... Give him a hat. Yeah, give him a hat. That's the other thing, Phil. Why didn't we give him a hat? We should have just given him a damn hat. I had a hat out there. Could have given him. Yeah. I just didn't give him a hat. I feel bad. I feel bad. Yeah. Now, a lot of people wanted me to give him a hat. Yeah. So maybe I'll find his address. I got his address out there. I'll send him a hat. hat. (laughs) Posting it on it. (laughs) Here you go. Here's your hat. Here's your hat, man. Um, So anyway, we're going to move on from that little bit of catharsis that was needed. But thanks for everybody writing in. I did spend most of my day uh, this week, like Tuesday and Wednesday after we launched that podcast talking to you guys about it so it, it, it's important to me to kind of have those dialogues and when something like this like impacts as many people as it seems to have impacted it's important to continue to talk about it um because i think this was less about bears and wildlife management and more just about uh how to talk to a person you don't agree with yeah i think that's probably what i would take more away from this and just knowing that you know be nice to everyone <laughs> like just be be if if you have to concede some points, it's okay sometimes to say like, yeah, you could be right about that, but what about this? And that's the way to move a conversation forward, not to be so 
so hardened in your beliefs and so attached to your worldview that you can't move. And then anytime anyone asks you to move, you get angry and push well, back Well, that's, that's the biggest thing is I could see truly believing in something after years of research and, and gathering facts and coming to a conclusion. But it's the fact that he got so angry. Yeah. About what about what you were saying? I could see you having a like a, a debate and him just saying like, "Okay, well, I disagree, and honestly, nothing you say is going to move me in any way." But thank That's, you for presenting the points. Yeah, <laughs> no, I I hear you. Yeah, I hear yeah, you. I That's hear the you, biggest thing. Right? I hear you, and, I, and he I, was not hearing. Like At I've least, heard that yeah. before, and I just have never valued that. But he was not hearing. Um, and I I just don't know. It was a great example of of productive. Uh, two humans having a productive conversation, like a productive interaction. Uh, and so that, it was more about that to me than under, you know, understanding that you get in these situations, man, you just have to, and hopefully all you listening can take it back. Um, I had a couple, I had two counselors and one crisis negotiator <laughs> write in and say that I would be a good hey. counselor in another life. So you thanks. got something to fall back on. Thanks, in case for, those, this whole yeah, thing. thanks, <laughs> thanks for those folks that wrote in and said that. Um, yeah. You think I'd be a good counselor, Phil? Yeah. Can I start coming to you? Are you going to have office hours and I can just start, yeah, start dropping and by? Like, and... I'm very uh, distressed about my mustache, but yeah, you should be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, it's been two weeks been and two uh, weeks. it doesn't look great. Yeah. So you should probably just don't go out in public until it, until it fully grows in. No. Until it matures. That's great advice. Yeah. No, as a counselor. Doc. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so anyway, I don't want I'm not, I hate to pat my own back because that's not what it's about at all, but. It was. It's a cool exercise to put out a conversation like that, and to see kind of what it stirs up in people, because I think some of it stirs up like what's really the conversation of wildlife management and carrying capacity. Like how do we, how do we have a productive version of that? And the other people's like, how do we talk to somebody that is emotionally connected to what they believe and really can't see it? Because that that can happen when you get together with your family on a weekend and have dinner. That can happen at with a coworker. That can happen really anywhere. And so that's, it's an important, I don't know if it's able, it's an important skill to have to be able to kind of navigate those things. Cause in our world, there's a lot of those things, I would say. So you feel like that's good, Phil? Yeah. It's a good, you feeling feeling a good bow to put on it. All right. We're putting a bow on it. We're leaving that behind. Certainly, if you didn't listen, go back and listen to episode 82. If you got this far without, <laughs> without knowing the context of what we were talking about, I apologize. Uh, but, Go back, episode 82, with Dr. Barry Gilbert about bears. Uh, now, introducing the first ever not-so-sharp moment. Phil, play the jingle. Work sharp, not-so-sharp moments, sharp so you don't have to be. Wow, wow. That's The jingle gets in your head. It does. Gets in your bloodstream. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's almost like ejecting heroin, that, that thing. Yeah, I apologize. Yeah, thanks, Phil. For ruining, <laughs> we're gonna be people are gonna be sitting out there, keyboards typing in an email. Work, huh? moment. Yeah. yeah, we'll see how they're feeling after ten weeks. <laughs> <laughs> we get it. We know. <laughs> okay, so to recap, we've been asking you last couple of weeks here, prior to episode eighty-two, about your not so sharp moments, and your not so sharp moments are presented by WorkSharp. Thank you, WorkSharp. If you want to go to WorkSharp.com and check out their wonderful products, you can do that. You need a sharp knife, goddammit. Just do. Always. Mm-hmm. No matter where you are. If you had a sharp knife, you could shave off Phil's mustache in like two strokes. 
think three. 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 All right. I'll give it to you, Phil. <laughs> Thank you. Three strokes. Appreciate it. So we're gonna we're gonna give you the first ever not so sharp moment. And this it comes from Elliot Bowling. Now Elliot is gonna get a work sharp field sharpener. Congratulations! Woo! You did it! You never thought that this idiotic moment would lead to anything. <laughs> would lead to any benefit at all. Yeah. But it did. It really <laughs> if you could did. go back in time and tell yourself yeah. while this was occurring, I'm going to hey, win a field sharpener. This is going to get you a workshop field sharpener someday. And some guy on a podcast is going to read my email. Hey. But anyway, thanks to everybody that wrote in. We've got a bunch more slots coming up for not so sharp moments to read in podcasts. So if you haven't sent in, please do. Uh, we got a bunch more of these field sharpeners to give out, a bunch more stories to tell. But right now, we got to tell you Elliot's story. So, Phil, stop me if you have any questions, because this is a it's a doozy. Yes. Okay. okay. And then I'm going to ask that in post, you put in lots of awesome sound effects. Uh, depending on how much time I have, I will put in Phil, <laughs> some sound effects. You got plenty of time. <laughs> yeah, you're right. What else are you working on? No, nothing. Nothing. This is, yeah, it's just your show. People don't really there know are no, that. There aren't any other podcasts in the Meteor Podcast Network. No. Nope. And we get paid, like, a lot per show. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's almost like... <laughs> It's unbelievable yeah, amount of it's, money. It's crazy. And so we just focus just on this kind of silliness. Uh, all right. Here we go. This is from Elliot. All right. Let's 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 take a moment to set the stage. So, a few years back, my guys and I were freelance waterfowl hunting in Saskatchewan. Anyone who has done this knows it involves a ton of driving to scout for birds. A couple of days into this particular trip, our rental truck had some transmission issues. Luckily, the rental company brought us a new truck, and we only lost about a half a day of hunting and scouting. But during this truck swap, we put most of our gear back inside the house where we were staying. Boots, coats, waders, gloves, etc. This turned into a major mistake, as we resumed our scouting with the new truck that afternoon. And our excitement hit the road, we basically left the house in leisure wear. Jeans, hoodies, sneakers. It's mistake number one. Mistake number one. Mm-hmm. Just picture these gentlemen all in leisure wear. Yep. I don't know what kind of like, I'm just thinking like acid smoking, boss jeans. I'm thinking a smoking jacket. Yeah. <laughs> <A> smoking <laughs> jacket. Acid <laughs> boss jeans, New Balance sneakers. Oh, uh, yeah. And maybe like hoodies with the sleeves cut off even maybe. Oh. Something like that. I mean, this, these, these guys look. They're in they Canada. Seem, they seem like they're looking great. They're in Canada. Maybe a hockey jersey. You don't <laughs> yeah. know. Nobody knows, but they're looking good. About an hour into the scouting, in the middle of nowhere, we came across a dirt road that was extremely muddy and eventually had water across the entire road for about 50 yards. Of course, we decided to blast through it. That's mistake number two. Within seconds, we were pulled off the road into a fairly deep ditch, as stuck as I've ever been in my entire life. Wow. That's getting dramatic. Yep. Will they live? Uh, well, at least one person will. I think Elliot will because he 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 could be the only one that makes it alive in. at this uh-huh. point. <laughs> Maybe Elliot is like the son of one of these guys. Oh, I never know. Maybe there's a twist. Yeah, could be. So let me set the stage for the conclusion of this story. It's October, Saskatchewan. Temperature probably thirty degrees. Spitting snow. Three in the afternoon with about three hours of light left at most. Truck stuck in the middle of nowhere. Three dudes dressed like idiots. He said that. I didn't say that. No cell signal and really no one to call if we could. 
we start walking. About an hour into the walking, we come across two young Canadian fellows who are off to school for, they're out of school for the day. So they're deer hunting. They admit to us right away that they don't have their driver's license, but they were super eager to pull us out. I think this was the most exciting thing that ever happened to them. <laughs> they're in the middle, they live in the middle of nowhere. It's just, yeah, it's a sketch one. <laughs> There's nothing going on. They're like, holy shit, dad, you won't, you won't. So we took them up on their generous offer. We get back to our stuck truck, hook up the chain, and give it a go. Within 10 seconds, they get stuck too. Oh, Oh, no. Yep. But, but, no worries. They have a friend with a big lifted truck who will get us out. That friend. After 45 minutes, he arrives. And now, it's now dark. And within minutes, his truck is absolutely buried. Okay. So, so far, how, to many, recap, how many vehicles do we have in three, this ditch? Three, <laughs> three trucks stuck <laughs> Okay, in the same spot. It's quite the collection. But that's okay, Phil. Don't worry. Oh, good. Because he has a friend who oh. has never been stuck before. Okay. I, I remember them saying something similar about the Titanic. Yeah. Never, never been stuck, this yep. guy. Unsinkable. Uh, about an hour later, he comes and gets stuck. <laughs> and I like how Elliot, in his email, put in parentheses, I'm not shitting you, this all happened. <laughs> Just to make sure that at this point... Sounds like he's making this shit. No, this is not a uh, a Marx Brothers film. Yeah. Long story short, a huge front end loader showed up at around 1 a.m. and pulled us all out. We pulled whatever cash we all had and paid him for his service. We made it home around 2.30 a.m., soaked, muddy, half frozen. We sat at our table and drank a couple of beers, reflecting on how dumb we were. But honestly... It ended up being one of the most memorable nights of our lives. And we made some nice Canadian friends in the process. Hey. Hey. Happy ending. Buddy. Uh, yeah, but there's just something. Yeah, there's something. It's a very funny image of all the trucks. A bunch of trucks pulling up and getting getting stuck. If I am good at uh, arithmetic, that's four trucks <laughs> stuck all <laughs> attached to each other. But don't worry. I got we got, got a friend. We got a guy. We yeah. got a guy. Carl lives we got 30 miles away from here. <laughs> That's like if you had a baseball team. Like, we got a guy. I know we had a losing streak. We lost three games in a row, but we got a guy. I know a guy we who got knows a guy. a guy. He hits a home run every swing. That's a guy. He comes in. He solves the problems. Well, thanks for writing in, Elliot, and we're going to get you work sharp, field sharpener for all your anguish in Saskatchewan. And thanks to Canada. Yeah. Yeah, big big shout out to Canada. Big shout out to Canada. We yep. we Beautiful. enjoy. We like you. Uh, my home and native land. Oh, Canada, we stand on guard for thee. That was beautiful. All right, that's a good way to let's hit that uh, work sharp uh, jingle one more time, Phil. Work sharp, not so sharp moments. Sharp so you don't have to be. <laughs> Getting up, they're definitely going to be sick of it. Yep. Yep. Oh, I love it. I love it. All right. Next week, we're going to do another not so sharp moment. So, if you got something that can beat Elliot's four trucks stuck in one muddy ditch, send it in. Send wanna, it in. We want to hear it. Not too long, not too short. Perfect length. Do it perfect. Do it perfect. All right. Now we're on to a little bit of meat eater whiskey, a little bit of ethics, and we're going to talk about gripping grins got some surprise guests you're gonna like it enjoy 
Hey, everybody, we're in the uh, Meat Eater studio. If you hear this jingling, it's because we're all drinking the whiskey. You know, it wasn't long ago in Montana, you could, um, they, they, you could not, you couldn't drive drunk, but you could drive drinking. Oh. Yeah, for a well, long time. For many, a long time. There's no speed limit. Many states The speed say, limit was reasonable and prudent, and you couldn't drive drunk, but you could have a drink. And it used to be fun to pick up someone at the airport with a, a cocktail with yeah. ice in it. And I always think when I hear this noise, I think of like taking corners in a car, trying to have someone's cocktail ready for me at the airport. Because <laughs> when you're driving, Back you just don't day. hear ice clinking in the glass. <laughs> That's the voice of Steven Ranella, folks. And we also have Miles Nolte in the room. Miles. I also very much remember and fondly the days when I'd get picked up at the airport here and someone would have a beer waiting for me in the cup holder for the ride home. Old road soda. It was really nice. I mean, not to say that that culture has completely died here. It's just not legal anymore. Yeah. Yeah. They got after them. They, the, the reason they wrestled the state into conformity was through highway funding. Federal highway funds. They, they threatened to take them away. Yeah. They'd like, well, mm-hmm. you got to, we can't, we're not going to give you the money unless you come in line on certain things. Yes. Uh, in, the, in the state of Louisiana, you could still do a drive through liquor store. Many states, not yep. just Louisiana. Wyoming as well. Wyoming is one of them, yeah. yeah. And you can g- drive through, what they do is they'll give you a full styrofoam glass of some sort of alcoholic beverage, but they put the little straw cover on the top. That That's, prevents you from having it. That prevents any. you from having it. You'd right. have to take that off. Like, I, yeah. I would love to have some, but I but, can't. Yeah. It's can't all get, I, can't up. Get, I can't get this off. <laughs> Clearly, <laughs> officer. <laughs> I'd have to pull over to get this straw cover off. <laughs> this is not an open container. You see <laughs> here, it has the lid. It's covered. This uh, grain alcohol slushy <laughs> that I've got. It's a big gulp size. <laughs> Anyways, meat eater, straight bourbon whiskey. Only drink it if you're 21 and up. And you're in a, uh, and don't drink and drive. Yeah. Yeah. No matter what state it. you're in. It's kind of like the applause at the beginning of... Yay! Yay! Right, Phil? Uh, I don't think I've ever heard applause at the beginning of any of your podcasts, or or after. All I can right. start adding that in post if you'd like. <laughs> don't criticize me, Phil. <laughs> anyway, we're here to do some things. One of the things we want to do is talk about uh, ethics. And the reason why I think whiskey could help that is maybe we have a lack of inhibitions. Because often, when we're talking about these very important issues, we uh, measure our words. Everybody gets measured. Yeah. You think maybe we just, we'll just just get rid of that for this next uh, 45 minutes or so. O'Reilly Auto Parts are in the business of keeping your car on the road. At O'Reilly Auto Parts, they offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. Man, I'm always swinging through my uh, local O'Reilly Auto Parts to get stuff ranging from car parts and accessories to boat batteries. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. And if you're a do-it-yourselfer and need a specialty tool to finish the job, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and ask about their loaner tool program. Simply pay a refundable deposit and borrow the right tool, then get your deposit back when it's returned. That way you don't have to go buy some you know, super expensive thing that you need like once every five years. You just borrow it and get your refund back. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fixed, or quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit 
O'ReillyAuto.com slash meat eater. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash meat eater. Lately, I've been telling you guys about land.com, the site that can help you find that little patch of ground to call your own where you can do all the hunting, fishing, and hanging out with family you want. Land could be a great investment. Getting your own piece of land is something that can both generate income over time and also generate a lot of memories for generations to come. It's an investment you get to use and enjoy and take care of while it works for you. And any good investor will tell you to start investing sooner than later. Well, they've got hundreds of thousands of rural listings from all across America. Land.com can help you find properties for hunting, fishing, a lake house, a hobby farm, or if you just want to start a rental business slash family compound as a way to better secure future generations. Land.com will also help connect you with the right agent that specializes in rural real estate. So enough dreaming about it. Land.com is the place to find and invest in your open space. Hey, here's a simple but very meaningful gift idea for your mom or grandparent who lives across the country. These are great, dude. These are really nice things to give to people. It's a digital picture frame from Aura. It's perfect for sharing pics of all the things they can't be there for, from family vacations to their grandkids' graduation. Let's say your mom comes out. You take a bunch of pictures of your mom with your kids or whatever. When she goes home, you can greet her at home with all those pictures you just took on the frame. And you can also keep her up to date by updating the frame from afar. It's all done online. It's a ton of fun. comes with unlimited storage and simple controls on the frame so you can upload as many photos as you want and mom can pick the perfect one. See why it was named the number one digital frame by Wirecutter, The Strategist, and Wired. Right now, you can save on the perfect gift that keeps on giving by visiting AuraFrames.com. That's A-U-R-A Frames.com. Make sure you use the promo code MEATEATER because for a limited time, you can get $20 off their best-selling frame with that code. The code being MEATEATER. AuraFrames.com, promo code MEATEATER. Trying to think of a quote. No, that, that, that quote doesn't fit in our mind. You'll never You'll never know. You'll never find never, out. Never know what quote it was. Um all right. So the topic is grip and grins. Uh Steve, you want to try defining defining that term for us? When I think of a grip and grin, I think it um it's a photo. I first heard the term grip and grin. From my, when I was in graduate school, I had a roommate named Jay Nichols, and he went on to have this very illustrious career in uh, fly, in fishing media, fly fishing media. And we were talking one day about covers, magazine covers. And he, he was saying to me that when it comes to magazine covers, you just cannot beat, when it comes like sales or whatever, yeah. you cannot beat a grip and grin. And I was said like, well, "What's a grip and grin?" And it's what you think. It's like when someone holding up a holding up a fish. And in the context that he was discussing, someone holding yes. up a fish. But it's a great term. I think it applies to hunting and fishing. In my mind, a grip and grin is a photo with the explicit purpose of saying, uh, "Here I am, and here's the thing I got." And it's like not doing anything other than establishing the 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 catcher shooter hunter angler whatever and the thing they got 
Yep. It's not like really, it's not artistic. It's not, it's just a documentation tying the person to Dude, the thing. The two things together. It's like, he got this. Often called a trophy photo. Yeah, and people take different yeah. takes. There's all kinds of different takes on it and some new takes on it. You know, there's some that are goofy and, but but yeah, it's just like, that's what it's for. Well, there's there's the uh, the screaming redneck. There's the solemn yeah. measured hunter. There's the in your face. There's the in your face one. There's I, like, I kind of regret doing it. Yeah, there's like, I, I'm sad. There's the yeah. over, over dramatized sad. Overwhelmed by respect. Yes. Touching it. Sometimes you would yeah. stroke it or touch it in praying a way. Praying over it. Yeah. Sometimes you like lay on top of it. The photographer caught you in the act of yeah. praying. Praying over it. Yep. With your that, eyes closed, uh, so you didn't even it. know that they were there. <laughs> yeah. uh, That's uh, I hate when photographers but, sneak up on me when I uh, no uh, idea just killed a deer. Ah, oh, God, where'd you Jeez, come Well, from? you weren't here the whole time. Uh, but yeah, it's all that. That's my idea of a gripping grin. Yeah. yeah, everybody knows when you see one. Yeah, you know when you see it. Like and, a guy gutting a deer is not a gripping grin. Nope. I've been recently going around social media and people take photos that aren't gripping because they're like, "That's the worst gripping grin I've ever seen." Like, <laughs> but not a, you blew it. Get down behind there and get to smiling. But to your point, I think the grip and grin, when it became like an established genre, then then people felt the need to have little spins and tweaks on it. And so they weren't getting called out on, well, that's just a grip and grin. There's, it does nothing more yeah. than establish, as you said, it was, the catcher and the caught. Then yeah. that, now like there are the different angles to it to try and sort of make it a little bit more. Yeah. Contextualized, yeah. Well, or, it was or when people started. To, it was when people started to point out. And ben can explain what the problem is. With it. it was when people started to point out that there was a problem with them that people took a new tact. But if you, but they evolve over time because yeah, the old fishing grip and grin was you hang some bloody, half rotten fish on a hook or just a nail. Yeah, n- just yeah. nail it to yeah. a board. Yeah, yeah. You sharks, nail it yeah. to a tree. You sharks on the gaff, like, oh, look at this You shark. nail it to a tree and stand there holding yeah. your fishing pole. And that was like the Hemingway era. Absolutely. Grip. Yeah, like you nailed it, whatever. Yeah. And then it, then, then grip and grins around the time that I was introduced to the term grip and grin. Uh, uh, around that time, it was that a, a, a proper fishing grip and grin sort of left a little ambivalence about whether the fish was would be returned to the water. <laughs> it was alive or dead. Yeah. You're, 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 like you're kind of holding it by the water and it left to interpretation. Like you um, had just removed it for a short bit. Yeah, like yeah. I don't know. He ate it. He threw it away. I don't know what the hell happened. He, but it, he was up. He was, it was undecided at the time the photo was taken. It looked like he was just going to talk to it and, and then, then put it back in. Then the, the, it evolved where you dip the fish's face down in the water oh, yeah, and yeah, it'd be like, yeah, oh, he's oh, definitely he's letting that one go. Yeah. And then there's ones where they're not even out of the water and it's like, he's absolutely letting that go. Well, I mean, I, I feel evolved. like you skipped a generation there. There was like the nailed to the post or nailed to the tree yes. fish and then there was Along the with 60 of his fish like 80,000 fish. But, but there, then but, there was like my uh, my parents' generation where it was everyone's back at the dock. Yes. You're just standing like in a yard somewhere and someone's holding a fish. Well, some fish it's like- clearly dead. Trophy, trophy fish are held to the camera while well, if, now, you, if you got like a mess of crappie, you don't hold them up. You lay them down on the tailgate or lay them on the nice. dock. Yeah. You line them up much like a mess of squirrels in the hunting world. So it's a whole different deal based on the Well, yeah, big game, species. small game. Yeah. Same deal. And remember the eagle, remember you know eagle claw hooks. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. the, the snelled hook. Yeah, that's a couple dudes with with what sixty trout strung out on a stick. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> they used that image my entire life. Absolutely, they did. That, that's like classic yes. grippy grin. We can't yes. forget the ro- like the Rooseveltian grippy grin, like grippy grin, the gripping grin, the grippy grin. Yeah, this whiskey. Mm. Uh, like where you put your foot up on you it. You put your foot up on it, like <laughs> a show of dominance. <laughs> yeah, but you can't do that. That's now. not reverence. That's dominance. You can't do that now. And so, maybe that's the shift that we're talking about. Is mo- like nailed to a board is definitely dominance in the fish world. Oh yeah. Would that be the equivalent of the Roosevelt boot to the throat? Probably. I'm aware of a grip and grin. Ben's aware of this grip and grin. There's a grip and grin in existence that is a man grip and grinning with a gorilla. Oh, yeah. Mm. Yep. 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 From, it's, uh, like the, it's like an old Ruger, yeah. an old firearm ad. And, an he, ad. and he, like his thing is like comes with a testimonial. He's got his grill and he's like, by God, the ultimate this game. couldn't have gotten it done without my... <laughs> Without my Ruger, <laughs> what, yeah, what I don't want to say. I don't know if it's Ruger. I feel like it was... <laughs> the ultimate predator. Yeah, takes on the ultimate predator. Yeah, I mean, so they're like this thing. It's it's easy to it's easy to pick out, but maybe hard to define. Like you know, when you see it, it's kind of like has to pass the bar test. Like if you show a buddy, you know when you see it, but yeah. it can be defined in many ways, and has over time been defined in many. Oh, ways. I could do it extremely quickly. Yeah. Oh, that's a gripping grin. And I think it's probably the most common over the decades. Use how we communicate success to each other. Yeah. Like I would come to you. I'm not going to come to you and show you a picture of me hiking in. If I killed a bull, I'm going to show you. The gripper is the thing I'm showing you. No, man. When you get something and you're like, your buddies know you're doing something. You're saying, man, you know, we're going, uh, if I could just catch a permit, this is my third trip and I've still haven't caught a permit. <laughs> and your buddies, like, dude, you'll never catch a permit. Right. And you go and you catch a permit. You don't, you're not going to text your buddy the minute you get a signal. You're not going to text him a picture of you launching the boat. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be you holding, you holding the permit. It's like you holding the it's permit. The permit. And you're like, ah! Yeah. There lies the problem with, with gripping grip, right? What we think it is mm-hmm. is not what other people think it is. And that's well documented. Now, there's different levels of that. But I think in this conversation, you come to a point where social media enters the fray. Because when I first got into the hunting industry, like you couldn't, I work for American Hunter Magazine and Peterson's Hunting, you couldn't not put a grip and grin on the cover. And then you start, we started not putting grip and grins on the cover, mm-hmm. but it was still, it was still, we still had to signify the same thing and, and make sure people were feeling the same way. And that turned into, you know, a skull on a pack. Or, you know, a guy leaning by a fire with the with the skull up against a tree that had just killed a bull. Like, we still had to signify the same thing. We just Success. Success. Right. But we got to a point where it was cliche or it was burned out that just a dude in a big buck wasn't going to do it. Yeah. So there was one version of, like, we just wanted to be a little like bit more. you wanted more. to capture a moment. Yeah. yeah. Same, same moment, same feeling, same result, just a different depiction. But this is where that genre started to blend out, right? And now, right. And now it's it's even become sort of a character of itself in some ways. Now you've got the classic, the the wall tent lit from inside, yes. with the, the shadow, shadow of the antlers. Yeah, and you got them leaned up against the. You're crossing the river. Everybody's always got to be crossing the river. Some yeah. photographer one day is like, "That will be very dynamic if you cross the river with with a, with a, a head or a skull pack, on your back. You're packing out. Typically, your skull. yeah, but the skull is wrapped up. Yes, right, because it's not an actual hunting picture. Nope. And oftentimes, oddly, they look ready for at, like they have their rifle at the ready. It's like I, need to, I might need to kill another. And they're one. only carrying the, the the antlers. They're not carrying the meat. 
And they're yeah. at the ready like he's got a cow tag too. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> when I was, so I later in my career at Peterson's, I started to point that out. I'm like, listen, because they're like, well, you know, this, this is, this shows, you know, what the hunt's really about. And I said, well, there's no more trophy photo in existence than a dude just carrying out the head. <laughs> Where's the meat? <laughs> like, you know. this is doing the same thing. Like, it has the same kind of He's color. got, little, it is. That's he's the got point. some mud on his face. Yeah. Yeah. He's at the ready. Like he's going to shoot another thing. Yeah, he's got. He's only by himself. So Looks this is clearly fresh, fresh as a daisy. It's clearly his fourth trip out. If he's got an elk on his back, because he did. He did take the meat. I'm. I'm assuming. The, and so the grip and grin became popular for a reason, as you said. It sold a lot of magazines yeah. for a lot of years, right? So when that when that pressure emerged, because I was part of the the magazine world at that time too, to do something other than grip and grins, you still had to signify that same thing without being as cliched about it. But, but you we're still trying to do the same thing. Getting yeah. away from, uh, I want to be clear about, uh, or I, I don't understand this. You mean getting away from grip grins because they were cliche or getting away from grip grins because people felt that it was not the right image to put out? I would say both. Okay. I would say both of those things were a play there. Some of it because we've seen this a million times, so it's it's played, right? It is. It has become a cliche. Hmm. And it's also not what, we, we don't want to privilege this moment of, dominance maybe Mm -hmm. as the the ultimate goal of what we're doing we don't want to advertise it whether or not we admit that it is or not we don't want to advertise you want to insert some level of nuance to the conversation like most magazines want to vary their topics and vary their like the touch points in which they're communicating you want to say different things with different images does fly fisherman what's on the cover of fly fisherman nowadays is it still a dude holding the fish a lot of the time it is yeah yeah in fisherman similar yep yeah uh, North American Whitetail, very similar. It's it's like it's always inside the story of. No, the deer magazines don't. They don't put grips on. They put. Oh, well, they put grips. They put fenced in bucks. <laughs> they do that too, but that <laughs> <laughs> that's a whole different whiskey and ethics topic, right there. Oh uh, yeah, but that's. I mean, I think here's the deal. Like, here's the one thing we should touch on. It at what point within the hunting we have, we have to say this within the hunting community. At what point is one of these images in poor taste? It's in poor taste. I'll just tell you what I think. I think it's in poor taste when the purpose of it is to incite anger and uh, to incite anger and incite passions, to incite negative passions. In preparing for thinking about this, I thought about this the other day. Well, let me let me hold my analogy till you've better laid out what it is, that, what's that issue. But I think it becomes in poor taste, and the point is to piss people off. Yeah. But I think it doesn't that come from context? Like, I give me an example of someone who took a grip and grin with the intention of inciting anger. I think they, they took their grip and grin, hoping, theoretically, to remember that moment and have whatever they, they wanted. And then it gets leaked out and sent around the internet, and that's what incites anger. Okay, when you, if you, let's say, let's just say... Not that this would ever happen. Never. Let's just say a guy shot a little family of baboons. <laughs> That's where I was exactly going right. there. Okay. And he lines them all up like a little family. Or a guy shoots a baboon, not that this would happen, and props it up in the front of his truck and puts a cigarette in its mouth and puts some sunglasses in its, in it, on its and puts a baseball cap on it. Um, and then there he is sitting in the driver's seat in his little baboon is sitting in the passenger seat, and that's his that's his photo to tell to announce to his buddies that he's uh, 
very graciously rid the world of another annoying baboon. But he's the great white hunter. Uh, I think that that is in poor taste. And I think that he was, that the, the purpose of the photo was to convey a level of disrespect yeah. and malicious yeah. feelings toward his quarry. I think there's, there's a valid, there's Those a valid example. There's an asshole test that we can all take. Yeah. Like in, 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 in the modern sense, nobody, the good and bad thing about where we are in the modern sense of social media and hunting is that there are, you know, say there's 14 million hunters, 13 million, however you want to chalk that up. Everybody can tell a story. Everybody that's connected to the internet can go post a photo and tell their story. That's where this becomes important. It becomes these photos, these depictions become a big part of your story. So if the story you're telling is baboon with a cigarette in its mouth and sunglasses, or you standing on top of a dead giraffe or whatever the case might be, you're putting yourself out there as that's your, that's how you're going to convey your story. Wasn't there a person that recently had a photo of something they'd killed a woman hunting in Scotland, I believe had a photo of something that she'd shot and and for some reason she decided to to pose with a dildo yes. bloodied with the animal's blood as though she had somehow sexually yeah it was a uh, like violated or a a, a, a sheep a, like a sheep that yes. she'd shot not yes. a wild yes. sheep but a sheep sheep a farm yeah. sheep i know i and that was, well. and it served the purpose. It was like, if you if you looked at like the definition of a grip and grin, it sort of, I would, if someone was doing flashcards and like grip and grin, no grip and grin. And I, and I wasn't weighing on, I wasn't weighing on taste. I was just like, it was binary. Yes, no. I'd be like, and they showed that. I'd be like a grip and grin. Yes. And, and very poor taste. Yeah. Does and what is that, is that conveying respect for the quarry? No. Is no. it that you have, that you're proud they, it was a you achieved. It was like the fulfillment of some desire to achieve something, or was it just that you're trying to sort of shame, express your disrespect for? It's surely boastful. I think it fits into that, that any, dominance category. No, it's Could like a, a, a bloody fist dildo to me is screaming, "I dominated this." Well, the animal. story is like it's, I have dominated. The story is, "Oh, it's a joke. We're at a bachelorette party, and we." It's not fun. Yeah. It's it's a joke not well landed, and there's some boastfulness in that. I'm not sure anyone that could do that, anyone that would do that. Um, I don't think that they look at animals the way I look at them, yes. and I wouldn't trust anything that ever came out of their mouth. Yeah, and this is the person who did it is a famous hunt, like famous huntress, as it were. Many yes. followers, many hundreds of thousands of followers on Instagram, and remains remains that today. Um, she still has sponsors. She went through this. They made t-shirts kind of mocking the controversy. Um, and so I think all of that shows who she is and how, what she thinks about hunting and the quarry and in the culture. Um, I think think it's pretty clear. It betrays a level of cynicism in the culture that I find just really dark and problematic. Yeah. Uh, but, but again, I mean, on social media nowadays, we're all conveying some message. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. You don't post mm-hmm. without the intent to convey a message. No, of course not. You no. don't. People that don't have any message to convey aren't on social media. That's right. That's why I always love 
uh, this is a little bit off topic, but I always love people whose social media persona is that they don't care. <laughs> it's, like, it's, like, but always, it's like, but you do care. Cause you're, like, I know people that don't care. Here. They're not here. And yeah. they really don't care. <laughs> and they ain't on social media. Every, they don't care. But every, 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 every there's probably million, there's probably billions of social media accounts. They're all created because somebody is trying to signal something to someone Dude, else. If you, if you it's post all on social media, if you write stuff, if you comment on yeah. social media, you have have to admit that you care. Yeah, you, you want to engage in a dialogue. Yes. You can't have it be that I'm on social media because I don't care. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, you know what I don't like? Virtue signaling. Well, not liking virtue signaling <laughs> is a virtue signal. It's fucking silly. Good luck. It's a paradox. Yes, quite a paradox. But you, at this point, I, I have a thing here to ask a question. That's can these can grip and grins and social media be separated in the future? Hmm. Mm, you no. know, man, it's a great question because there's the there's the what ought to be and what is. It should be a rock song. <laughs> I think it might there's be. something. I think it might be. We got a lot of power these days. We can make a music video. Uh, if there is a membrane, in, in my opinion, if there remains a membrane between um, photography and social media, it's a very very thin membrane, and it would really only be. Um, and it'd really be only the case if someone had, like, if you had a really compromising photo, I would imagine that you would have it on, uh, you would have a physical copy of the photo and you would guard that photo very closely because the minute you share digital images from phone to phone to phone, that membrane that exists between that image's exposure um, through social media dissolves. Yeah. Like you can't keep, we talked about the baboon case in the, in the baboon case, he didn't bring it to social media. He did not. What he did is he sent it to 25 colleagues. How thick was the membrane <laughs> between those colleagues, email inboxes and social media? Not that it's not, it's Thin. like, it was permeable. Permeable. It's, it's like, I mean, it, it's become so obvious. It's like, now you were talking about, but when there's a photo on your phone, it's seconds away. It's, but that's it. It's like the, the membrane is never thinner than it is now and it will be in the future. When you take a photo, you're like, why did I take that photo, right? When there was no social media, look, to capture a memory to share with others, mm-hmm. right? There was limited, there's limited outlets to share with others. You could print that photo out and put it in a book and show people. Right. Much like at hunting industry trade shows in years past, everybody would be walking around with a little flip book mm-hmm. of all their things that they've killed or all their photos from the field. Yeah, if you knew, well, like, here's if you knew that you were the last person alive on Earth, yep, and you somehow just knew it, right? It was like it was just the truth, and you always would be. Would you take photos? No, I wouldn't be wasting my time on. I would. I'd be like, I got a lot of free time now. It's just about me. They got There's a show like about that for the last man on Earth, I think. But yeah, I mean, look, now that social media exists, as you said, Steve, every photo taken is normally one very brief and simple step away from being shared with any number of people. And so when you're taking a photo, unless you're while taking it thinking, I'm never going to show this to anyone, what's the point of taking it? Who's the politician that accidentally posted compromising <laughs> photos of himself to social media? His last name was Wiener? Yeah. Yes. Didn't he think he was texting Anthony it? Wiener. But yeah, like possible. Accidentally <laughs> He's sending dick pics to people. Like, he's, a, he's like, yeah, so the, it's so thin half, there. Half that story. The membrane's so thin there where it was like, 
It could be accidentally shared on social media. Yeah. You're, and then you're, it's gone. It, once it's in the cloud, it's in the ether, like the photo can't really be separated from social media, even if you yourself intend to separate but the by two. The, let, me, let me just point out that by the tone of this conversation right now, there assumes some level of shame to grip and grins. No. We ta- we, well, no, no. We, the way we were talking about this we're conversation right me. now is the fear of thin membranes and things getting out. No, and that we wasn't got the there question. From grip and grins. No, that wasn't the question. The question no was: fear. Is there a difference? The question was: Can you talk about grip and grins outside of talking about social media? Yeah. And I said, yep. should be a reality because I think, of course, you should be able to very much talk about private images. There's a there's room for private images. Not that I'm saying that grip and grins should be private. But right. I'm saying in in reality. We find that there, there tends to be a fluidity <laughs> yeah. between things being taken and then being distributed. Right. Yeah. But we did get there from the, con- the conversation about gripping grains, yes? Yes. So there well, is some sense that at least in some cases, perhaps in the case of the baboons, some gripping grins sh- are, do have an associated shame to them. No, no, no. I think what he's saying is this. Why, why am I talking about what I think Ben's... <laughs> we're gonna get where I got a whole list of things we're gonna get okay. to where I want to yeah, get to. I mean, I, I may I may be putting my own spin on this because I personally do have conflict around grip and grants. Yeah, so I think I I don't assume shame at all. What I'm trying to get at with the point of like when is an image in poor taste and can you separate social media and these images mm-hmm. is the why of taking a photo. What you in, like the intention of sharing it? That doesn't mm-hmm. mean on social media, but when you start talking about sharing an image in 2019, that's where it's going. That's where it's going. Even if you give it directly to someone else, as we've already established, that membrane is thin. Yeah, and so now I want to rephrase everything I said. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm gonna shut. Then I'm gonna shut about it. Okay, but don't shut if up. I was it. giving advice to someone. Mm-hmm. Okay, if I'm giving advice to someone, and this has nothing. This is grip and grins, whatever. Naked photos of your spouse. I don't care. But if I was giving advice to someone, um, I would say that if you, when you take a photo, when you take a digital image um, and hold on to it, I would view it. I would view it like this: Am I comfortable? Or, okay, when you take a digital image and share it with somebody, I would ask myself: Am I comfortable? sharing this with some broad spectrum of the world. Yes. Yes. Just as a piece of advice. hundred percent mm-hmm. agree. Yep. I think if yep. we really want to continue to take things like Grip and Grins, like take these photos. Of like we'll, smoking baboons yeah. or whatever. Like what? what <laughs> we'll put those out of the, put those out of the conversation of what, like what a real, <laughs> what the, what the bulk of Grip and Grins are. Like we use them as kind of hunting's trading cards. Like, Hey, look, look what I've done. It's kind mm-hmm. of a, Signification of things of, of accomplishments. I, I think we need to understand like offline and online. What's the context they're taken in? Why are we taking them? What do we intend to do with them? All that stuff leading up to the taking of the image really defines what happens after that. Because, as you said, the thin membrane between social media gets thinner by the moment that it exists, the moment that it's exposed to anyone else. Mm-hmm. So, as you spread that image around, say you send an email to twenty five colleagues. The membrane gets any, it gets thinner, you know, as you amplify that image. And so when you're taking the photo. At that point, there's not a membrane. There's a vacuum (laughs) sucking your image into distribution. (laughs) Instagram is sucking your image. 
Picture that. That's a good picture. So I just wanted to make the point I'm making is in taking these images. I think maybe the hunter with the dildo and the goat was thinking, oh, this is a funny, it'll be go in the photo album of the, oh, I'm hoping they were thinking, oh, go in the photo album of our um, bridal party here. It's going to be great. It'll be funny. We'll have a laugh at it later. Okay, great. That's fine. But as a hunter, you got to think a little deeper than that. You can't just, and she was a famous hunter at that or some semi-famous hunter. If you care. Yeah. If you care, you just. Which you should. No, because some. No, I, don't I, mean I if can't you care. say you that. You should care. You yes. should care. Yeah. Okay. The, I don't I, mean if you care. I don't mean if you care because different people wage the wars in their lives in different ways. So I don't mean if you care. Uh, I, I think that's proper. If you care. If you care about hunting. Now, this is what, this is maybe we can pivot to the next thing. Yeah. Because grip and grins have been weaponized by folks that don't want hunting to continue. Mm-hmm. Certain mm-hmm. types of hunting or hunting altogether. Yeah. You want to know what hunters think? Look. Yeah. Look at them holding up the dead animal. They don't care. You know, so if you're proud of themselves. So maybe if, if again, to you're in, in a vacuum, if we're all three sitting in this thing and, and grip and grin, social media exists, but anti-hunters don't exist. Mm-hmm. No one's ever used a grip and grin to start a controversy. Then it's a different conversation. Mm-hmm. You can say, like, you don't really have to say pejoratively, like, if you care or don't care. But given the fact that people take these things and use them against us. I mean, that's how every hunting controversy starts. Every single Every single one. time. So. It's a person. It's a dead thing. So when you're taking, when you're taking a grip and grin in 2019, you have to do so with the knowledge that this exists. I, yeah, you have to do so. Do so with the knowledge that it exists, but I believe, and I don't, I don't agree with them all, but I believe that d- people um, are doing it with the knowledge that it exists, and they're using that for different purposes. That's right. I don't agree with them all, but I think that there are people who do it with different purposes. Yeah. And so this this where it comes like the, the reactive culture where I have to change my behavior based on what everybody feels or thinks. That's not... And that's where my analogy comes in. Yeah. Oh, you, got, you want to give it now? Yeah. Go for it. I thought about this a lot because I knew we were going to talk about this. Okay. Uh, imagine that you're, uh, you support, you're a supporter of President Trump. You'd like to see President Trump elected in the next election. And um, to express your feelings about this, you put in your yard a Trump-Pence 2020 sign. Okay? Mm-hmm. Straight up, Trump-Pence 2020 sign. Someone comes to you and they say, hey, man, I appreciate that you're uh, expressing your support for the president, but you know, uh, there are some people that don't like Trump. And when they drive by and they see that sign, it makes them kind of mad and they actually get madder than they already are about President Trump. Therefore, I feel that you should take down your Trump sign. No way. No way. Someone's not going to do that. Yep. Now, the other day I saw a sign, uh, so take that person. Yep. And the other day I saw a sign that said it was, a, it was a Trump 2020 sign, and it said, make liberals cry again. Okay? Um, it was like, pro-Trump, make liberals cry again. Now, is that person furthering their cause of the re-election of President Trump? Now, are they having this sort of honest debate? They're saying, here's what I believe in. I'm putting forth my um, my perspective, showing my support. I'm engaging in democracy, all this kind of stuff. Or are they putting up a thing where the point is 
the point is just to make people kind of mad. Yeah. Absolutely. And to have like some fun at your expense. Yeah. Is that furthering the campaign? Is that furthering the campaign of Trump? Or is that you just want to piss people off? I got a good. Here's it's something that actually happened. Not that what your analogy has definitely happened. But this is something. <laughs> no, I read it the other day in the back of yeah, my car. This yeah. is something. So PETA had a thing where it was, they were sharing photos with like the, uh, a logo of like, Animals aren't trophies. Mm-hmm. So that's what PETA was allowing that little uh, overlay on photos on Facebook. You could grab it and put that logo if you're a PETA supporter. Well, hunters started grabbing that and ironically putting it on their trophy photos, their grip and grins. Started flooding, ironically flooding the internet with, you know, animals that can't be marginalized photos yeah. of their trophies. And all that did at the end of the day was give PETA more ammo. PETA was like, oh, look at all these asshole hunters yeah. throwing up their trophy photos of disrespect and animals. And it was easy. It was almost like PETA poked at hunters enough yeah. to get them to react. And when they reacted, PETA jumped all over that. So look at all these dickhead hunters are exactly what we said they were. Yeah, go look. There they go. There they go again. All they want to do is brag and lay down their egos. Well, these are both examples of, I mean, very much what you were saying earlier, Ben, virtue signaling, right? And and if the goal is to further a bigger, like more nuanced conversation where two sides are able to have a debate and trying to understand each other's point of view, I don't think that's the point, the purpose either, in either of these cases. I think that in general, if you're putting up a grip and grin, you are announcing to the world I believe in the values of hunting and fishing. I don't believe in the values of PETA. This is who I'm all about. I, I will use an example from my own background in this. A long time ago, before I, was, uh, before I was married and I was considering doing some online dating, and a friend of mine said, you know what you need to do? In your profile picture. <laughs> in your profile picture, you need to put up a picture of you holding, holding a dead deer. Just to cut through the bullshit. Because yeah. then you won't have to worry about like the wrong kind of women who would be offended by your lifestyle, reaching out and wanting to date you. Yeah, I get where he's coming at. I, would... I did not agree. Okay. I did not agree, and that is not what I did. But I think, <laughs> like, I think my point is I think the grip and grin has become one of these lines in the sand, one of these demarcations of identity, mm-hmm. for yeah. better or worse. Good point. That now gives it a lot of power, whereas maybe it was just a thing initially, like, hey, I want to show off how proud I am of this. It's not that anymore. It has a lot of cultural baggage yeah, it's that express- has been attached to it. It's an explicit expression of value. Exactly, which is why I personally am conflicted about the grip and grin kind of as a genre. Yeah, maybe we can, mm. maybe we should just now say like kind of what we give or each go around and give our own kind of take on what we can do with this situation. Miles? Seems fraught. Well, I mean, I think I, think I Miles, made that pretty started. clear. Uh, Miles, no, you, you said you're conflicted. I'm conflicted, and I will, I will go Isn't further. Is there a grip and grin of you in here right now? Yeah, but you can't There's see my face. one of me over there. And, and oh, so it's just the animal being dominated by a. By yeah. a, Dude, I'm dominating the hell out of that moose over there. <laughs> yeah. It's an animal being dominated by an anonymous figure. Oh, and, and the conflict is real <laughs> because there are hundreds of grip and grin photos of me that exist. Me too. Probably no, on no magazine question. covers. Yeah, there yeah. are. That happened, right? Uh, but uh, to put this in more specific terms, I used to run a guiding and outfitting service here. And we mm, had a social You had media. to do it. 
well, here was our deal, man. We had a social media account. We were trying to bring in business, right? And on our Instagram feed, it drove me nuts. We would put up these beautiful photos of like, you know, people out enjoying themselves and like really well composed shots. People don't give a shit about that. They didn't give a <laughs> shit. The only engagement we got was a Griffin Green photo. That's right. They're man. like, but do these boys catch fish? But yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, oh, that's great. They have fun and all. That's a nice lunch. Oh, look at that artsy release shot. I don't give half a shit about that. Let me see that giant brown child held way out in front of the camera. Every time we did that, so yeah. our likes would triple. This is a perfect, I think this is a yes. perfect expression. Yes. yes. This is it, a, but that was problematic for me. This is the perfect expression of the problem. The problem is within hunting and fishing, it means something, right? Within the clientele for your fishing guide service or any hunting guide service, because a lot of times I've hunted with a guide and they've said like, grip and grin, right? I need that for my portfolio. I'm like, well, I don't really do... I'm not really into that. I don't really do that. I don't really do that. They're like, no, 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 do it for me. Like, okay, fine. That's fine. Just do whatever you want with it. But that's, within our community, it gets more likes. It's more popular because it's a sign of success. It's a sign that you got what you came for. It's a sign that your guide specifically knows what the hell he's doing. There's a lot of things that it means. Outside of our world, we've already discussed what it means. It doesn't mean those things. So now we're faced with the conundrum of the duality of meaning with these things. And so there's some people that lean into the hunting community's definition of a grip and grin, that part of the duality. But like it's about the lore of hunting and the history and our storytelling and our pride. We're not a, we're not shameful about hunting, why can't we? There's some people, I'm in this camp, that lean a little bit towards like there's too much damage going on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's too there's yep. just far too much damage that this causes for me to continue to do it and lean into the other, the hunter side of the coin. I have to lean into the negative side, which I hate to do. It's not in my personality to be like changing my behavior based on some people getting upset. But if I look at the tangible damage that's been done by these things, it's hard for me to, when I weigh the tangible damage and I weigh what I get personally from sharing group and grins, I can give up what I get personally just in case somebody might want to use it to damage me or hunting in the future. But while I think that's valid, I think there's also within the community a question that comes up with grip and grins. And mm-hmm. that's that's one that for me was the issue when I was running that, that guide service and we were figuring out what images to put up, which is that I am a passionate believer that hunting and fishing is about far more than that moment where you successfully catch or kill or dominate or fill your tag or catch your fish or whatever it is that you're out to do. And that by creating a culture of media, and and the media is very much responsible for this, where all we privilege is that big giant buck or that big giant permit or me standing there holding the huge stringer of fish, we are only focusing on that end goal and we are encouraging a whole lot of people who just want to circumvent the process and get to that end result. And I think that is not the way that I, as a person in the media or as a guide, want to paint a picture of hunting and fishing. Yeah. yeah, but what about stuff where it's not big? What about like a 12-year-old kid with his first forky buck or someone with a squirrel? Is it like, are you like, this is a giant squirrel? No one cares how big squirrels are. I'd say that's that's an outlier and a very different example. And that to me is poking fun of the genre of the grip and grip. No, definitely not. Absolutely no, it's it not, dude. It's not. Yeah, it's not. We took I pictures of rabbits and squirrels before the, anybody even brought up the fact that there was a problem with grip and grins. We didn't like. We weren't goofing on grip and grins when we took pictures of squirrels when we were little kids. Okay, ten year old goof point. on grip and grins. But I think okay, 
I think that if you have a, a 10-year-old kid holding a bunch of squirrels or a limit of perch. He's gripping grinning. He's as happy as he could possibly be. Gripping and, and grinning. There, there, is a, there is a purity there that I will respect, but I don't think that you can make a comparison to that of the guy holding up his big giant permit being like, ah, oh, look I'm at me. I'm not comparing it. I'm saying that you're saying that gripping grins are this thing meant to talk about the biggest, the biggest and the best, but that's only a small fraction of gripping grins. We took a grip and grin the other day of a yearling antelope. Yep. It was, I, I, uh, I wasn't being like this, despite all appearances, is a giant. <laughs> <laughs> okay, two things. One, yes, that can happen, but I still think that that privileges the moment at the very end of a long process and only carves that out as the thing that we're paying attention to. But... The other piece is that when we're talking about media and when you look on social media or you look at magazine covers, you say it's only a small slice that are the big giants. I would say that in media, it is the vast majority. Yeah, you're right. Magazine covers, sure. Well, and I've, I've People don't put Dinker Antelope on magazine No, covers. and they generally don't put it on their Instagram account either. Sometimes they do. But in general, if we're looking across the board at the people who are putting up pictures of themselves on social media and want to get attention about it. No, usually like, when they put up Dinkers... Like when you put up a dinker, you got to have a sort of thing that kind of explains why it's a dinker. Yeah, exactly. Like Rag- just proud to have <laughs> Raghorns fill the freezer, bro. Yeah, because yeah, you got to be like, dude, people are gonna be thinking they're gonna all comment about it being a dinker. But I need to head them off at the pass. That's, that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's one thing that happens though when you kill a dinky animal, right? When you know that, like, uh, if you're trying to tell people you're a good hunter, you're trying to be like, look how successful I was. If you sh- share a, a photo of a forky mule deer or spike buck, you then feel like you have to explain in some sly way how that came to right. be. You're not like, well, oh, got fill my tag. You're like, yo, fill my tag. But, it's been a tough season, and my son really wanted me to shoot this, and I don't have any hamburger. It's gonna be really delicious. Yeah, you can't Why be like, man, that? totally bummed that yeah. uh, that I had to put this forky <laughs> up and I weighed it out, and I guess it's better than nothing. <laughs> yeah, that's not your caption. You gotta, you, <laughs> know? you gotta ask yourself. <laughs> You got to ask yourself, why? Why is it that you have to couch those things? And w- the reason I think is because those grip and grins are meant to signify success. And what is success? A big animal. And so why is the epitome of a grip and grin a big animal in a cover? Is because of all the things I just said, mm-hmm. leading to the mm-hmm. end game. And so within the hunting community, this is a problem because that it, it is almost in essence doing what the anti-hunter wants it to do. It is pulling forward the feelings of like we just want the biggest thing even if that's not really what you're after it's but pulling it out uh, it's taking it that's what gets eyeballs yeah but in what other cultural battle does one side sort of capitulate in order to like temper the criticisms of the opposing side meaning let's say your whole life is that you're like an abortion abortion rights advocate do the really diehard abortion rights advocates end up saying, you know what? You're right. I'm giving up on taxpayer-funded abortions and late-term <laughs> abortions because that just pisses people off. No. Do people like staunch Second Amendment supporters? They're not like, I believe personally um, in the right to own semi-automatic firearms, but that does piss people off. So I will stop saying that, and I'll just give in. <laughs> no one else in any other social battle is doing this. Maybe they're wrong. I, like the slippery slope. Do you, do you think that they're going to go away? 
Do you think that you're going to say to 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 ant, you're going to be like, you know what, grip and grins, they really do piss anti hunters off, and they turn public perception, and then for a year, no one puts up a grip and grin, and all of a sudden we realize that like everyone's now totally cool with hunting. <laughs> no, <laughs> hell no, absolutely not, hell no. So it's just like, but what 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 might happen? We might find a you, better you foment, way. Fewer controversies would be fomented. And enthusiasms and the fun would be dampened. So we would live in a generally more neutered world. I I feel that when I look at this and I say, I look at it in a, in a, a realistic sense. For me, I'm not going to, like I've made a mistake in the past, but like, hey, maybe everybody just doesn't do it. If you do whatever you want, I don't care. As long as you can stop and say, why are you doing it? What are you doing it for? What's the end result? Because mm-hmm. we say, at the same size of our mouth, we say, like, you need to be a conservationist, you need to spend money, you need to care about the future of hunting. This is part of that. Yeah. So we can't also we can't say that and then also say, don't worry about this. Do whatever you want. Screw the antis. We can't say both those things at the same time. No, you're correct. We've got to find a middle ground where we can say, like, care about the future of hunting, get more people to do it. Speak about it in an intelligent way. Tell your story in a way that matters. Do all those things, but just know that the head of the snake is this type of photo for whatever fucking reason. I wish it wasn't that way, but it is. So what are we going to do with that first? My personal feeling is just my own personal feeling is that if I can just get rid of that, I can focus on other things that I can do to help hunting move forward. I can just take a picture of the meat, take a picture of the head, take a picture of whatever, just eliminate that. It's annoying to me. It's annoying to have to deal with it. So I just eliminate it and move forward with like all the other storylines that are important to hunting and leave this one behind because it, it is fraught. However, for whatever bullshit reasons, it is fraught with peril when it gets shared. We got an email from someone some time ago pointing out how his wife felt that photos of raw meat was just completely distasteful. Yep. She didn't understand what the point of it was. She thought it was people trying to gross people out. O'Reilly Auto Parts are in the business of keeping your car on the road. At O'Reilly Auto Parts, they offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. Man, I'm always swinging through my uh, local O'Reilly Auto Parts to get stuff ranging from car parts and accessories to boat batteries. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. And if you're a do-it-yourselfer and need a specialty tool to finish the job, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and ask about their loaner tool program. Simply pay a refundable deposit and borrow the right tool, then get your deposit back when it's returned. That way you don't have to go buy some you know, super expensive thing that you need like once every five years. Just borrow it and get your refund back. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fixed, or quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit O'ReillyAuto.com slash meat eater. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash meat eater. 
Lately, I've been telling you guys about Land.com, the site that can help you find that little patch of ground to call your own where you can do all the hunting, fishing, and hanging out with family you want. Land could be a great investment. Getting your own piece of land is something that can both generate income over time and also generate a lot of memories for generations to come. It's an investment you get to use and enjoy and take care of while it works for you. And any good investor will tell you to start investing sooner than later. Well, they've got hundreds of thousands of rural listings from all across America. Land.com can help you find properties for hunting, fishing, a lake house, a hobby farm, or if you just want to start a rental business slash family compound as a way to better secure future generations. Land.com will also help connect you with the right agent that specializes in rural real estate. So enough dreaming about it. Land.com is the place to find and invest in your open space. Hey, here's a simple but very meaningful gift idea for your mom or grandparent who lives across the country. These are great, dude. These are really nice things to give to people. It's a digital picture frame from Aura. It's perfect for sharing pics of all the things they can't be there for, from family vacations to their grandkids' graduation. Let's say your mom comes out. You take a bunch of pictures of your mom with your kids or whatever. When she goes home, you can greet her at home with all those pictures you just took on the frame. And you can also keep her up to date by updating the frame from afar. It's all done online. It's a ton of fun. comes with unlimited storage and simple controls on the frame so you can upload as many photos as you want. And mom can pick the perfect one. See why it was named the number one digital frame by Wirecutter, The Strategist, and Wired. Right now, you can save on the perfect gift that keeps on giving by visiting AuraFrames.com. That's A-U-R-A Frames.com. Make sure you use the promo code MEATEATER because for a limited time, you can get $20 off their best-selling frame with that code. The code being MEATEATER. AuraFrames.com, promo code MEATEATER. Yeah, if she uh, if she works for like the New York Times and writes a story and then it gets picked up on CBS and then they shut down uh, elephant hunting in fucking Zimbabwe, then maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think she did that. Did she do that? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry if it gets elevated to that. <laughs> then we can yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, there's do. always like a guy down the road, right? Yeah, yeah. there's always. I, I just I think know it, a guy down the road. Ah, likes yeah, to, guy. Yeah. But I just no, think yeah, it's I'm been sorry. A, I apologize for how anecdotal that was. It's it's. We have to elevate this to some version of what we always talk about. You talk about it. You talk about it. And I talk about it. Like it's it's part of the lexicon of hunting and fishing to want to promote it. Remember when I gave some life advice earlier? Yeah, I remember. Mm-hmm. About the minute you share an image. Ask yourself, am I comfortable with this image being distributed? No, no, no. You said the minute you take an image and don't erase it. No, then I clarified. Oh, fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. Because, you know, I mean, right, like I take... But I think your initial point is well, actually like, a good I, one. I've had pictures of my kids, like, I've had pictures, whatever, like, you know, my kids are little teeny kids and I had a picture of them all taking a bath together. Um, If I had sent that around to a bunch of folks, right, I would have been in violation of my own rules. So I want to clarify that. I th- yes, I think you can have a photo on your phone that you're not sharing, but, th- but I wouldn't say life advice, never have a, f- never take a photo that you're not comfortable with being distributed. I would say never share an image okay. that you're not comfortable with it getting out in any form. Yeah. In that life advice, like life advice to a hunter, I would say when, um, when putting up grip and grin images, hmm. Ask yourself, what is my goal in sharing this? 
Is my goal in sharing this to uh, prod, to incite anger, to stick it to them, to show them their hypocrisies? Or is it that I'm, I'm, I'm sharing a, um, an emblem of something I care about and it's like something that means something to me personally and I feel that this is like putting my best foot forward? Yeah. Or is it like this will show them those <laughs> anti anti those things? This will get them. This will be more mad. But this, like, yes. Also, a little bit like understand unintended consequences. Understand the cultural state of being, like where we are and what these things mean, and just understand that the, this this is now a t- for. It, unfortunately, in my opinion, this is now a twisted up symbol mm-hmm. it's now a twisted up symbol and just you have to understand that and for the folks that push back on these types of things with like we should be able to do whatever we want to do like yes i agree i'm not i i, I very staunchly feel socially conservative like in a way that i've i'm not going to change what i believe because a couple people don't like it but in this case there it is not that anymore unfortunately and it's just unfortunate that's the case. But that is the case. It's just not that some people just don't like it anymore. And to like to your analogy earlier, if your intention is to just poke the bear and stoke the fire of people's anger, think about where that gets you in terms of your bigger goals. Is your goal to like create a broader gulf between those of us who see the value in hunting and folks who are against us? If so, I'd like to hear your argument for how that, that's helpful. But the point I am curious for both of your perspectives is I brought up this idea. For me, there's a, a, a split within the community that I think we should look at of whether or not this is celebrating a moment of pure joy. The kid holding up his forky buck that he just got. I get that. That to me feels pure. Or is it sort of us trying to signal like, look at me. I dominated this animal. I was so successful and showing some level of disrespect that is inherent in the yeah. grip and grip photo. I, I think that there's some of it that this that will just be just has to be anecdotal. Some people think this, some people think that. A little kid with a forky buck is different than a dude with a big giant sheep. All of that is true, and I think those those moments of like we're, we're never really going to find one reason that these things happen. There's a bunch of pitfalls though. One of them being that a lot of people have stopped thinking about or have, have had occasion at least to stop thinking about the meaning of these images and they're just playing the game. Mm-hmm. Social media is a game. You get points for doing things people like. Yeah. Yeah. You get, it's like a three-pointer is more than a two-pointer. A grip and grin is more than a picture of a backstrap. Yep. Yeah, but people yeah. were taking grip and grins and sharing them way before social media. Right, but social it media It wasn't like social media everything. created grip and grins. No, 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 no not at all. But it I just I, amplified I, them. All I'm saying is like I would say we're in an unfortunate circumstance via social media, the cultural changes that we've had, and the situation we're in. It's unfortunate. I wish we could go back to 1984 mm-hmm. when we – When you had a photo album. When I had a photo album, it was more insular. But now we're in this situation where some people are, th- are playing the game to get and, – and we're in this situation, all of us where we're in the professional media, the more followers we have, the more valuable we are. And so they're playing the same game. And they're like, well, if I just kill a lot of big animals and share my gripping grins, it gets a lot of likes. I get more followers. Companies might sponsor me. I might get money. I might be famous. I might have a TV show. I might write a book. 
And they forget in chasing all those things and getting all the positive points from social media that there's a bigger meaning to these things. They, these things have a, a, a larger cultural meaning. They have the ability to shift things in ways no one understands, which they already have. And at the end of the day, they can stop hunting in places like British Columbia and, and Africa and Zimbabwe and Scotland where that island. Well, yeah, man. Yeah, that the, island. Yeah, at the highest levels of government, they were going to rethink yeah. certain hunting laws based on those grips. Hence. But those grips, one of those grips, the early grip, there was nothing wrong with it. No. The early grip, just the, the Scotland hunter – um, the woman that got in trouble for the, the dildo image, her initially got in a bunch of trouble. Just her and a goat. Just her and a goat. But there was things about it where they, and this gets really kind of weird. Um, she was like, they traditionally hunt in these little outfits. I came not the calm, special little outfits. What's the word I'm looking for? I hope it's special little outfit because that would be in Scotland. You hunt in a, a special kilt. little outfit, a kilt. No, it's a little suit. You wear like a little wool suit, breeches. Yeah, with uh, knickers, tweed, like tweed. Yeah, tweed. You get dressed up in a little suit. Yeah, <laughs> to go hunt. We should start dressing up a little part. Uh, if you get, if you dig into this case, part of the gripe was there was a gripe with she had like camo on. Yeah. And she had her rifle accessorized in a way that, to the Scottish mind, made it feel militaristic. Even though it was, I think it was a bolt-action rifle. But it had, like, trappings of tactical something or another. And some of the early thing was, why is she dressed up like that in this place where we traditionally hunt in little get-ups? Because... People have been hunting on sheep on that island for hundreds of years. Yeah. And there's guiding services out there. But it was that she was a Westerner. Not not like she was she's Canadian, I think. Yes. But she's like not from there. She's from this country that seems a lot like America. Mm. She's got camo get up on. She's got like a bipod. It looks kind of military. Um, and then Oh, and she has other pictures where there's a dildo. <laughs> and it tied something together in a way that you could go online and book trips with that outfit and go. It, but that person dressed that way, I don't know, like, you know, everything about it, the, the makeup, everything, it just pissed people off. And then they're like, we're going to re, we're going to take a careful look at our hunting rules. Knowing that this is going on, it's like, knowing that this is going on, <laughs> this has been going, going on for on hundreds of years. <laughs> That's what I took from that. I t- From that thing, I read an article fr- on Fox News that was like quoting some of the government officials. We were unaware that this was going on. That is such bullshit. And so it, that, They've been guiding out there for hundreds of years. I know. But that's the situation. Unfortunately. This part of again, the story unfortunately, I've never heard. That's the situation where we yeah, are in. It was like, hold minute, What? What? I, w- I was aware of the scandal on on Instagram and everybody. That was being the follow up. I did not hear about this follow up. That it did it in fact go to changing. Dude, laws. the camo bipod photo or whatever. That was like the Mueller report. And this is like, and then the the dildo <laughs> was like the out. Ukraine. It was like two totally separate parts of the same story. Really? Yeah. So yeah. Again, I only I only saw the the, the dildo photos and all that blowback on social. Well, she'd already been. I didn't she'd already been. This, no. She, the main hot right. water, yeah. the, the the government, like, 
reinvestigating and getting to the bottom of what's going on on this sheep hunting island. That was just from a blonde girl, and I guarantee if it was some dude who works in like the heating and cooling industry <laughs> from Texas, wouldn't happen. Some young girl, all in tactical. Ta- yeah, I was like, people were like, "What? Am I wrong, Ben?" Well, there's so I'm reading some stuff here now. Like you're right. The Scottish Parliament weighed in on it, and uh, somebody named Nicola Sturgeon, member of the Parliament, says it's just totally understandable why these images from Islay of dead animals being held up as trophies is so upsetting and offensive to people. The Scottish government will review the current situation and consider whether changes to the law are required. That's enough for me. Now, point being made, this is the the first two gripping grins that were shared were were as germane and normal as anything you might see. Like the, the like you said, as it, as the breaking news came later. Wind swept cape. Yeah. And the other one she's taking a photo of a guy with cape a like goat. a land feature. Yeah, like a, a, it's beautiful. So before any of the dildo, like you almost get erased that People from the were conversation. Already pissed. People are already pissed. The Scottish government is reviewing a practice that has been going on for decades. Because of a grip and grin. Because of a grip and grin. Who cares if it but, was just a blonde lady? That, re- no, that, because because that, that review happened before because of the social a widely media distributed because of a because widely of distributed grip and grin. There had been plenty. Of, it, it, what do you call it? Like, if you go into archive and type in Islay Island hunting, there are millions of grip and grins where they got those little get-ups on. Yeah. Those goofy little get-ups. I've had one of those get-ups on. How you? How did you feel? Is it calm? Itchy? cold? Cold. <laughs> Hunting in snow in one of them little deals. Yeah, man. Listen, this all this the this will remain a debate because, like I said earlier, you can either lean into like, hey, man, this is harming it. They they like they're reviewing they're reviewing the laws on a Scottish island because a, a blonde lady went there and shot a goat. Remove the dildo thing. Yep. That's what they're doing. But that you can't is a reality. The dildo thing. Like that's what got the they were doing. No, they were doing the review. They were the dildo. doing the review. Okay, Miles, that was the question. The dildo I asked. thing was a follow up. Yeah. Okay, that was the it question was like, I asked told earlier. <laughs> no, it was like, oh, by the way, anyone who had any doubt about this person, well, that was a follow. Okay, that's uh, check that's this a out. Different in, in this order will, of operation. This will put to rest any conversation about what kind of individuals we're talking about here. Got it. Yep. It. So it was it like started if I started with a pretty yeah, standard like, gripping. I kill you, and it's like maybe <laughs> we were in a fight. Like people are like I don't know, maybe they're in a fight, and then they go to my house to investigate, and I got a hundred dead people in my house, right? <laughs> Helpless people. They're like, see, <laughs> this is the analogy you're going with right now. That's <laughs> what he's really all fight my ass. He just <laughs> he, kills. He's a serial killer. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> told you no inhibitions. Hey, listen, I I think this is what will continue to be the conversation, man. Like, this happened. This person shared a photo of them hunting, and all of a sudden the, the Scottish Parliament is looking into the hunting laws. Like, but that happened, and I understand. It doesn't happen in politics. It doesn't happen in culture. Like, like, people tend to generally stick to their guns. Not many people are like, ah, okay. But And make concessions. It's okay. Over time, this is all I'll say. Over time... Grip and grins have, let's say, over the last thirty years, grip and grins have always grip and grins of goats on this island have been present over the last thirty years. Mm-hmm. Can we agree on that? 
Like I, I don't know if that's true or not. No, I there's no way I, it's I not. No there's idea. no way it's not true because they're running a business yeah. guiding. Okay, so and as Miles it's a demonstrated, fair when you're a guide, <laughs> you, you have put to put up take. pictures of the shit that you catch or kill. <laughs> let's just let's just shorten it to la- the last. Mm, so sake. based on the law of Miles, yes, <laughs> yes. that outfitting group let's, was putting up grip and grins. So over the last, say, we'll just give it twenty years. These photos have existed. Okay, somewhere in that span of time, social media was invented. It became popular. Mm-hmm. Now. Our culture changed immensely during that time. The way we think about things and share ideas and and communicate with each other changed immensely in those years. Through those years, the consistent thing was gripping grins. Mm -hmm. The inconsistent or ever-changing thing was our culture and the way we see that image, the way we see hunters and the way we see hunting. That is changing. Gripping grins are consistent. At some point, the changing culture and the consistent gripping grin smacked together with a lady and a goat on the island. And what happens? Or a lady, it's all, see, this is where this conversation starts to get the rich. It's often ladies. People uh, hate to often, see a woman with a dead animal. The woman with the giraffe. The woman with the zebra. Melissa Bachman. People don't, because they're like, if it's gone so far that a women, woman. the gentlest things on the planet, <laughs> the most peace-loving creatures to you know uh, they've taken to dealing death <laughs> we have poisoned our culture to the point where women will kill and nothing yeah. worse than a young woman yeah yeah then people are like this has to stop this we must to stop this i didn't mind it when now. it was old white dudes but young women no because that doesn't fit our stereotype nope. and that's the only way anyway the, but i i, I listen, do man, you agree with what i'm saying i totally agree with what you're saying and in in not to uh, chip away at my own perspective here, my own point, but I have evolved. Hmm. Of course I have. I don't know why I made I've that evolved. noise. <laughs> I've evolved. You have? No, not in the last You're hour. Very not in the last hour. Very evolved. Over time, I have evolved the types of grip and grins that I take. When I was a fur trapper, there was like a way to take trapping grip and grins. Um, I wouldn't do that now. Uh, the risk of provocation for the pictures we would take in 1990, the risk of provocation is so high now that when I gambled it out, not gambled it out, evaluated it, whatever, and like proed and conned it, I'd be like, dude, the cons outweigh the pros. Yeah. The cons outweigh the pros. So I am always like looking at this and, 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 and change what I'm doing. What I'm trying not to do is I'm trying not to get way out ahead I'm trying not to like retreat before the bad guys even show up. <laughs> oh, I was going to say like my, the, the, the final statement I could say about this is I think we're all, whether we know it or not, adjusting our own activities based on shifting cultural, shifting cultures. Like we're all like, Hey, I, I, I used to do this. I wouldn't do this. I used to do that. I wouldn't do that. Now we're all shifting the way that we talk and speak based on what's acceptable now that that's, that's so prevalent in our culture now in good ways and bad. Me too. Yeah, and me and my ways. wife have had very spirited debates about whether or not we were going to spank. Yeah. Not each other. Sure shit. We're talking about that in 1970. <laughs> to the children, not each <laughs> No, no. <laughs> no. Yeah, but, but our kids. Well, in having kids, be clear. we asked ourselves, you know, like thing that people, it used to be, used to be just, I don't think people, I don't think like my mom and dad didn't have like a debate about it. They just spanked everybody. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's social, it, so, yeah, things change. I think this argument could be boiled down to this. 
I am taking, I am going ahead and saving myself the trouble and taking this to its logical conclusion and not doing a grip and grins. You are holding out hope that it never has to be that and we can find some other way. You're to, running it out to the end. I'm just being like, mm, it's not too far away. If I just mm, go ahead and like, it, we're already putting sensitive filters over pictures of meat and dead animals. The logical 10 years from now conclusion is that they might just ban hunting from social media altogether. But so I wait, fear wait, wait, wait. Capitula- I fear there's like a, the risk of capitulating. I am and, not and, capitulating because I, I am sharing <laughs> hunting every day all the time. In am, any I, way I point, am I hearing you correctly in saying that you are drawing a line and saying you are making a claim that you will never do a grip and grin? That I you have are done with grip and grin? No, because that would be foolish. Forward. Exactly. I, I no, what, if you got some, what if you got something real big? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking of like, If it was huge, <laughs> I said no, but I changed my mind. How are they gonna know? How are they gonna know who killed me if I'm not sitting behind it? I can't show them a picture of my tag. No, that'd be stupid. I like, but 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 it's huge. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> guys. I mean, guys. guys? I, I said I wasn't going to do grins, but I'm not that. Look at this thing. I'm not. I don't want to be the douche in hunting camp. That's like. I will not take a picture with that animal. No, yeah, exactly. Bullshit. Exactly. I'm not that guy. What the guy I am saying is like, I'm not going to go out there and be like, this has to be part. It used to be when I was coming up. It has to be part. It has to be part of the experience. Like if you didn't okay. take your grip and grin, it wasn't really documented. I, I and the, Picture didn't happen. Picture didn't happen. Right now, when I go out, I resist it. And I a little I'm, bit. I'm, I'm, I'd agree. I, I'm actually with you on that I've, one. Like, I, oh, I will, I, no, no, because I, I won't go before. hard and fast. I will not. I'm, I'm not drawing that line of sand, which is why I had to ask that question. I would mm. not say like, no, me, me either, no more. If somebody but, said, hey, I'll give you hundred bucks, to take your grip, I'm like, give me that hundred bucks. <laughs> yeah. Give me that hundred bucks, son. Hey, bucks. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> give me that hundred bucks. <laughs> give me that yearly antelope. That's right. I, yeah. I want to get that hundred yeah. bucks. Give me that hundred bucks. I'll I, take it. I, but I, I, I take fewer of them <laughs> so than I used to. It's such a thinly held conviction. Yeah. <laughs> hundred bucks. <laughs> That's a lot of money these days. Uh, like, but I, the, my conviction is around like the thoughtfulness around the image, and so I resist doing it for any other reason than like, oh, it's it's hundred bucks, or it tells the story a little bit better, or whatever. I just resist it being a like a stepping a step in the process. Like I killed it. I spent an hour taking images of it, then I cut it up. You I resist just, like, it being obligatory. Yeah. I just resist that. Okay. And I'm not, I'll probably do it again, I bet. And it's, <laughs> and I'll share it with everybody and be like, hey, look, I did it. And everybody will be mm-hmm. like, fuck you for telling me not to do it. It's fine. That's all fine with me. I just, this conversation, it leads to people thinking about it. That's the only thing that we could ever do. Like, it leads to people saying, hmm, what's the purpose of this? Why am I doing it? What's it going to mean? Could it lead to, you know, no more grizzly bear hunting in uh, Montana? Well, other than that, no more grizzly bear hunting in uh, <laughs> British Columbia? <laughs> Like, could it lead to that? Uh, probably not. But if I do it a certain way, it could lead to something negative, you know, especially those of us that have, you know, careers, quote unquote, in this in this industry. So that's just my stance on it. But I think that probably is, to your point, taking it to its logical conclusion and also saving myself the guff and like just saying, it's not, it's not that important to me. I don't really care about it. So I'm just not going to do it because there is some world where it could turn into something that it's not. So but it's not uh, Yeah. It's, if- yeah. It's almost like the opposite of, of snowflakeism for me. Because I'm just like, I would rather not fucking deal with it. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to go ahead and, and move on. Uh, One thing I thought about the other day, I was conversing with someone on social media about grips. And, um, you know, you get like, why'd you take a picture of it like that? And I'm like, well, because I was real happy that I got it. <laughs> <laughs> if I wasn't happy that I got it, I wouldn't have shot it. 
You could, you could have been, I'm sad. I feel. Yeah, I would have been like, yeah, I'm not going to shoot. I mean, the sad gripper grin is only a reaction to. <laughs> oh, the sad gripper grin. It's just part of this whole. I yeah. took a yeah. lot of them yeah, yeah, in yeah. my evolution away from gripper grins. I, I was like, well, I don't, while struggling with the gripper grin. Yeah, we need while some struggling reverence. with this. We need some reverence. I was like, here. well, what, what? I want to still take because I want people to know I killed it. But I, I, but I was kind of sad, sad about, sad about it. it. But I want to seem sad about it. So then I took like 10 or 12 douchey images of me like touching a bear and stupid things like that. Mm. And I'm like, oh, that's dumb. I don't want to do that. Maybe I just, so I don't have to worry about whether to do it or not. I just won't do it at all so I can get on with what I like to do, which is hunting and not worry about it. And then I'll take pictures of the gut pile and of the dead animal. Yeah, because that's not offensive to anyone. Yeah, it's gut pile. Nobody, <laughs> <laughs> sensitive images. Uh, so, Phil, uh, Phil, uh, Phil the engineer. Um, yeah, close this out, Phil. With what? Like, what would you do? Let's <laughs> yeah, say there yeah. you are. Say, yeah, you caught you caught a big yeah. fish, or yep. you, you shot yourself a real nice deer. What do you do? Uh, I think now I'd say well before I became kind of surrounded by people like <laughs> you guys. <laughs> I I, well, I hung mean, out with you. Assholes. Yeah, I, I considered gri- gripping grins like mostly kind of tacky. Mm-hmm. You know, tacky. like from from like this is from a complete outside like perspective. Shag carpet. Yeah. <laughs> Where I wasn't offended by them. It didn't bring me to a point of anger, but it, like, uh, yeah. And I, I, I guess I hadn't really thought about it until I started working here about why I felt that way. Is that why you won't put a grip of yourself up in the studio here? No, I don't have one. And I've caught, like, I have never hunted big game, but I've caught several fish and not once did, I, did anyone think to take a picture. That's just like no, you, you didn't no, catch really. Phil, no, didn't no catch one it. saw so it. exactly. Yep. You didn't catch didn't it, happen Phil. then. <laughs> no one wants to hear your fish yeah, stories. But I, I'd say from I'd say from an outside <laughs> perspective, I think because you guys, one thing we haven't talked about, I think the kind of gripping grins that draw the most anger and ire from uh, like a certain portion of the spectrum are like the. The ones that come out of Africa of like CEOs of Fortune 500 companies wearing khakis and a big hat and they're standing next to like a big af- majestic African animal. Something that, yeah, we, we didn't even get into that. An yeah. animal that yeah. most people don't think of as a game animal and they're yeah. like, hey, that's the thing from my mobile above my nursery crib uh-huh. and all the Disney movies. It was yeah. in the Lion Why King. Why in the world... What that's the I gotta, stuff. I gotta say that there is no CEO. There's no CEO rich guy wearing a hat, taking a photo with a lion that doesn't understand what that's going to mean. Like, is there? Is there someone no, out there? That's you, like, you, there's a certain awareness that goes. Like, so at this point in our culture, just doing that is poking the bear. Like, if you're just like, oh, I'm, I, I shot a, a Bezor ibex, and I'm, or I'm in Pakistan, and I'm going to share this out in the world. Just doing that. Just shoot it. You understand which animals. I know that a grizzly bear, if I shot a grizzly bear, I would, if I shared a gripping grid, I know what that would be. If I shot a scimitar horn oryx in Texas and sat behind it, I know what that would be. I'm not yeah. foolish in the way that like different animals need different things. No, when I got that big panda, man. Yeah. <laughs> he was, was a like, giant. That, I was, that very, was a big was panda. A, yeah, I did the very sad. <laughs> you hugged him. I that did was a gold medal panda. Like, I kind of propped him up and, and, and hugged him. Yeah, yeah. Because I was afraid of what people would think about having. That shot was heartwarming, that. Yeah. actually, the way yeah. you did that. Oh no, it was, it was very it was tateful, tateful. Yeah, like in I the arm, in the arm. Went on the Ellen show and talked. I saw about one tear. I think. Did you get one tear? You're like he didn't want to mate anyways. <laughs> 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 All right, Phil, you, are you good? I'm good. We figured it out. Yeah, oh, so fun. where are you at right now? You just told us what you used to think. So now oh. you love grips. Your grip guy. I yeah sure. Come on, Phil. Phil, have you caught a fish tomorrow? Phil. Well, it's, it's hard because I've never, I've never like, you know, 
caught or or hunted something and been like so proud that I felt like I needed to take a picture. So I, I I've never been in your shoes before. You felt no mm. pride in catching any of those. Oh no, fish. I loved it, but it was for me. I didn't. But, but I that didn't... assumes that the grip and grin is not for you, right? The 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 point we were talking about earlier is that the initial grip and grin, the the old school grip and grin, whatever yeah. you want to call it, is to capture that moment and that memory for your own edification. And we're and we've also built a lot of angst with everyone listening, saying like, no matter what you do, that photo will make it to the internet. <laughs> so, <yeah. laughs> so Phil, you got to end this, man. You're the decider. Do we do grip and grins or not? Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right, cool. Yep, that's it. And they're good. <laughs> we all good with that? All right, whiskey and ethics, round one. Next up, baiting. Ooh, Ooh. debating, baiting? Yeah. Not the next hunting collective, like down the road sometime. Uh, we're going to talk about baiting. You want to see someone him and haw. <laughs> Wait till we do that. <laughs> <laughs> Are you? You're in the middle? I'll be like, ah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you could. Depends. I mean, you do have corn. <laughs> All right, bye. I guess I grew up on an older road. That's it. That's all. Another episode in the books. Thank you to Stephen Ranella for talking about uh, whiskey and ethics and gripping grins. That's a, a topic that a lot of people have banged on me for for my opinions, and um, and so why not dive right into it? So thank you for listening to that. Um, before we go, Phil. We have something we need to... We have breaking news. Breaking news out of the THC uh, news desk. That's true. We, uh, we we put a bow on it, and then we're going we're gonna to loosen the bow we're one last the time. Bow. <laughs> Barry, Barry K. Gilbert. We put a bow earlier in the show on Barry K. Gilbert. We're going to bring it back, and it's for an important reason. Uh, Barry wrote in to our producer, Corinne, um, after we recorded the intro to this, and he was, he was not happy. So he, he expressed wish to, he wished he had not come in for the interview and he wasn't happy with, um, for example, us inferring he was an anti-hunter or comparing him to anti-hunters. He wasn't happy about that. And listen, I get it. I get that we do an interview and then we do an opening segment talking about the interview so it can seem unfair to the interviewee that they don't get to be a part of the setup. Uh, so I get that. And so my response to Barry was like, hey, listen, uh, I get it. I didn't have any any going into that podcast. I didn't have any uh, feeling that I needed to debate him or argue. I just wanted to have a good conversation and learn um, about his experiences. So I'm not into there being any contention, even though there was. Um, so I figured the best way to do that was to offer him a chance to write something that I could read here on the podcast, so he could get his opinion out there one more time, and then Phil, we can really put a bow on it, like a big bow. Yeah. Uh, is there anything else we can do to it to make it extra official? We'll put it on a train. Buy it a ticket. <laughs> buy it a ticket. Put it on a train. One to way ticket on a train. To <laughs> I like it. Well, I good. like it. Um, I you know we've said this already, but I just spent two or three days only talking about this interview and this guy. So I'm ready to move on to something different. So before we do, we're gonna read this. Um, I guess you call it a statement from Barry Gilbert um, in regards to the podcast in number 82. He says, I appreciate Media to Podcast offer to correct some misinterpretations, in my opinion, that went out. My value mindset is not anti-hunting or as an animal rights guy, nor ever was. Ethical hunters have been the core and wave of wildlife survival, conservation, and management of our populations. 
That is what I taught wildlife students in Utah. Many of my academic colleagues were waterfowl hunters and big ungulate hunters, but no one that I knew aspired to hunt carnivores like grizzly bears. We good there, Phil? We clear? Uh, I think there's more. There's more. Okay. Uh, So I want to emphasize that I'm against hunting grizzlies in the lower USA, no matter what Ben O'Brien and his colleagues at Meteor advocate with the North American model. I got heated in the interview because Ben's almost super liberal attempt to get us all together somehow. Frankly, I felt the dialogue between these production majors of the site was quite condescending toward my views. Listen to how jittery they were at my unexpected views. Ben admitted to not being as prepared on the topics I advanced, but it did not inhibit his quote-unquote something worth considering response to my long experience both on the ground with grizzlies but many scientific publications. That's it's strangely worded, but that's how it's written. Want a bit more? Please read my book, One of Us, A Biologist Walk Among Bears and Look Up Mountain Journal. I love coming to Montana. Keep it wild. Barry. So, that is Barry's statement. We're going to leave it just like that. I think I've said all I want to say on the subject. I said it during the interview. I said it in the opening of this podcast. Uh, I just want to give Barry a chance to say his piece for whatever it is, and we're going to move on to the next episode of The Hunting Collective. We'll see you next week. Bye. the grow roots I'm feeling like an old one out pair of shoes oh tell me what Clean and protect your firearms with Riptide Armory. Riptide, a veteran-founded business, is dedicated to producing American-made cleaning chemicals and also dedicated to creating American jobs. And that commitment is embodied in every product that's bottled, labeled, and shipped from their Arvada, Colorado facility. Safe for all firearm types and surfaces. Embrace the power of American ingenuity and protect your firearms with the best. Visit RiptideArmory.com. I've been telling you guys about Land.com to help you find a place to call your own and do all the hunting and fishing and hanging with the family that you want. While owning your own piece of land is something that can generate memories, I can speak to this personally because my family, we own a couple small, beautiful little backcountry parcels it can also generate income in both the near and long term like starting a rental business slash family compound that can benefit both this and future generations check out the hundreds of thousands of rural listings from across america enough dreaming about it land.com is the place to find and invest in your open space 